This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome to the podcast. I am Dana, and the Words That Move Me team is taking a short pause to stretch our legs. But in the meantime, we are replaying some of our favorite episodes, and I trust that you are out there winning and keeping it funky. And I also trust that wherever you are on your journey, this episode will be a delightful companion. This week, we are replaying episode 21, Not Booking, aka Not Getting What You Want. This one hits so hard because no matter who you are or how talented you are or where you live or what you do, you will eventually not book a gig. Furthermore, you will undeniably not get what you want at some point or probably several points over and over again, my friends. This is life. So this episode is definitely one you will want to download and keep with you at the ready for the next time you get cut or dumped or the coffee shop doesn't have oat milk. I don't know. You want this episode with you. (laughs) Please enjoy this replay of episode 21, Not Booking, a.k.a. Not Getting What You Want. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 21. Oh my gosh, I am jazzed, as always, about this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Let's do wins really quick. Holy smokes, you guys. Words That Move Me is in Apple's top 100 performing arts podcasts this past week. So thank you so much for that. That is a huge win. Um, We're number 88. I don't know... Uh, how many there are, but <laughs> safe to say more than 100. Um, and that's so sweet. So thank you so much for that. I do believe that part of what factors into that ranking is uh, ratings and reviews on Apple. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you're digging what you're hearing, please think about leaving a review or a rating. So, so appreciate that. Um, okay, let's not waste any time. Let's get into you and your wins. What's going well in your world? Hit me. Waiting on you. (laughs) Okay, great. I'm so glad that you're winning. This episode is about not booking. Speaking of winning, it's my favorite subject, honestly. Actually, Here's the truth. This episode is not just about not booking. It's about not getting what you want, period. I am very familiar with not booking. And as a self-proclaimed movement master, that might come as a shock to you. So here's what it really boils down to. I try a lot. I fail a lot. I succeed a lot. I want a lot. And I often get what I want. 
Now, there is a very specific brand of not booking that comes along with the audition process. It's a very particular sting. And I'm going to talk about auditions and that particular brand of sting in depth a little bit later on. Like, actually, I have a plan to be talking about auditions for all of August. I'm very excited about Audition August. So tune in for that. But um, what I want to talk about right now is the cringe that I feel when I hear people, usually outsiders, talking about high performers who miss the mark. Usually they're talking about competitions and competitors. They say that he or she won because they really wanted it. Or they say that he or she didn't win because they didn't really want it that bad or they didn't want it bad enough or somebody else wanted it more. Well, I've seen people really want it and not win. And I've seen people that are just really good at stuff who don't really care a whole lot win a lot. And at a certain level, everyone really wants it. Everyone that moves to L.A. to become a whatever really wants it. But auditions don't care about how bad you want it. And competitions don't care about how bad you want it. The Olympics, oh man, don't get me started. The Olympics really, really, really don't care how bad you want it because everybody there really, really wants it. That guy who didn't win didn't not win because he didn't want it. He didn't win because he wanted it so bad and he was running so hard that he broke his leg. <laughs> that is a black hole you don't want to go down. Olympian breaks their leg. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. I did it. <laughs> Anyways, all that is to say, wanting it won't get it. Even wanting it and training really, 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 really hard for it doesn't guarantee that you'll get it. Sometimes you simply won't get it, period. The Olympics are a really great example of this. But also, on a smaller, slightly different scale, <laughs> no pun intended, I want cookies almost all the time. <laughs> so there goes the proof that wanting equals getting. It's out of the window. Wait, did I say that right? There goes proof that wanting is not equal to getting. Yeah, if I got everything I want, I would be eating cookies all the time. And then, oof, yikes up there. Okay, so most of us, especially right now, know this all too well. We want to be working. We want to be hanging out with our friends. We want to be hugging. We want to be being places and doing things with people. Yes, this episode goes out to all you graduating seniors who wanted your cap and gown gathering. Yes, it goes out to all you dancers who wanted to win title at nationals this year. Yes, this goes out to everyone that wanted to have their highest earning year yet. And you still might, by the way, but you might not. This episode is about not getting what you want. And newsflash, most of us are not very good at not getting what we want. So, let's get to work. Yes, 
I am a professional dancer, choreographer, movement coach, and I am also a professional at not getting what I want. Some early memories of this include, uh, as a tiny, tiny little danceling, I received honorable mentions a lot. Second or first runner-up also happened to me a lot. <laughs> My senior year at Nationals, actually, I was 16th runner-up. And I was supposed to win that year, by the way. In my head, anyways. Let's take another example. When I was like 14, maybe 15, I remember terribly wanting to be in the big kids dance, the, the senior dance that was choreographed by Dee Casberry. Shout out to it. What's up? And uh, I was old enough to be considered, so I auditioned. I did not make it, but Dee and his big, big heart, invited me to be in the room for the creation process and learn it as what we call a workshop, um, and even jump in as a swing. If anybody was to become injured during the season or something like that, I would know the dance. I could, I could jump in. Honestly, that seemed like a pretty sweet deal to me. It wasn't until Dee asked me, in his own way, to stop moving because I was distracting him. Oof. Crushed. I was crushed. And I sat, crushed, on the floor of the dance studio for two whole days while Dee choreographed and all the big kids danced a dance that I so badly wanted to dance. Man, 14, 15 years old, I got crushed a lot. Ooh, here's another good one. When I was 16 or 17... Three of my closest friends, Randy Kemper, Tony Testa, and Misha Gabriel, all still incredible and all still dear friends, by the way, they all booked a tour. Brian Friedman, what up, B-Free, booked all three of them and a different curly-haired brunette girl named Kaylee Kelman to go on tour with Aaron Carter. I was crushed. Yes. Deeply. And then again, in 2011, oh, here's a different kind of crushed. I booked a feature film, the remake of Dirty Dancing, and it was directed by Kenny Ortega, who choreographed the, the original. And we were weeks into rehearsal, several dancers. Oh, what a good squad. Oh, man, my heart breaks just thinking about this. And um, production pulled the plug. Production completely ceased to exist. <laughs> I was crushed. Again, we were all crushed. Weeks of team building, dancing, endorphins, man, cloud nine. And then right back to not being booked. So what did being crushed really look like for me? Here are a couple of versions. First, the ugly cry. That's still a pretty common action, by the way, even today. Tears, hot tears of self-pity, some anger occasionally, um, usually some jealousy. Sometimes the victim mentality, not always, but sometimes. That's where thoughts like, this always happens to me, or when am I going to get my break, or I did everything right and the world is just so wrong. <laughs> Those are some of my victim thoughts. Usually some entitlement as well. Thoughts like, 
It was supposed to be different this time. This was supposed to be my big gig, my moment, my movie, my award, my project, my thing. I am perfect for this thing. How did I not get it? Is it because I'm not perfect? Is it because I'm the worst? Oh, God, then the shame spiral. Ouch. Tears. Now, sometimes I'd see myself through the ugly tears. I'd sit with them long enough and be with them long enough to come out on the other side, so to speak, or at least come out with a different feeling. But all too often, buffering would be right at the heels of those ugly tears. Buffering is giving in to the urge to feel better. Buffering is resisting, avoiding, or ignoring feelings that you don't want by seeking the immediate comfort and temporary pleasures that you do want. Buffering, especially with food and drink, and yes, the Instagram scroll, are super common. But here's the sneaky thing about buffering. It usually leaves you with an unwanted feeling in the end anyways. You feel awful, so you eat, which kind of feels good, so you keep eating. And then you overeat, and then you feel awful. <laughs> and then you feel awful. <laughs> and then you feel awful. <laughs> or you drink, which kind of feels good, so you keep doing it, and then you feel awful because you are drunk or you have a hangover. Or you feel awful about yourself, so you scroll through Instagram seeking that dopamine hit of the likes and the comments, the love, and for a while that feels pretty good, so you keep going. And all of a sudden, an hour has gone by, and you're crumpled over your phone with three chins and a furrowed brow, and you're most likely just judging and comparing yourself to other people, and now you feel awful. Oh, sneaky buffers. I'm going to go deep on buffering in another episode, but for now, I want to talk about not getting what we want and not buffering. Think about a time when a child in your life has really, really wanted something. A cookie, a new toy, maybe uh, maybe to go to school with pajamas on, anything. This plays out usually in a few different ways. Number one, they ugly cry, a tantrum, in other words, until the adult buckles under the pressure and gives the kid what they want. Number two, the ugly cry, or the tantrum, go on for so long without the adult buckling that the child becomes exhausted and eventually moves on with their life and wanting something else. The third outcome, and my personal favorite, happens occasionally when the parent says to the child, oh yes, you can have X if Y. You can absolutely have dessert if you finish eating your vegetables. Or yes, you can definitely have that toy if you save up your allowance and buy it. Or yes, you can wear your pajamas to school if you tell them you're somebody else's child. True story, I have heard that one out loud before. Anyways, this third option is where I think I live most of the time. I am the parent and the child in this equation, by the way. 
So not getting what I want occasionally fuels me to stay the course long enough that I wind up getting it or something like it eventually. This is what happened with my friends and that tour. Yes, I was crushed. I was obliterated. I did cry. Ugly cry. Ooh, yikes. Ugly teenage cry. This is really good stuff. Anyways, I would cry. I would imagine them all out there having fun. I would imagine myself on stage with them. I'd imagine what I would look like. I'd imagine how I would dance. I'd imagine the music and the fans. And somewhere, I held on to the thought that that could still happen. Maybe they'd do a really, really big show and decide that they needed more dancers. Or maybe, God forbid, somebody could get injured and they would need a swing, right? They'd need a replacement. Well, that tour came and went. Turns out I would not dance for Aaron Carter. But I thought I could still be a touring dancer if I worked really, really hard and just stuck at it. I imagined it all the time. I imagined myself dancing behind Britney Spears. I imagined myself dancing behind Pink. I imagined myself dancing behind B2K. <laughs> True story. I could literally see it. Knee pads, crop tops, short shorts, boots. Well, <laughs> turned out I was wrong. Very wrong about a lot of that. But I was right about some things, too. I would not dance behind Pink but I would play volleyball with her at Tahunga Park occasionally. I would not tour with Brittany. Well, not on stage anyways. I would go on to be filmed as a silhouetted background body dancing on a big LED screen back behind her. I would not dance for B2K. Total dead end there. Just nothing. I think they stopped making music. Anyways, I was wrong about the crop tops and shorts, too. Instead, it was a suit and tie. I was wrong about the boots. It was sneakers most of the time, and heels some of the time. Yeah, big stuff did eventually happen, and it was never what I thought it was going to be. To be honest, it was better. So... We've talked about not getting what you want and crying about it. We've talked about not getting what you want and crying and buffering. We've talked about not getting what you want and staying the course until eventually you get something. And now I want to touch on those times when you think you got what you wanted and it turned out to be something else altogether. <laughs> Cookies for breakfast, for example. Yeah. I'm an adult, and I do what I want. I'm the boss of what I put in my mouth, and sometimes I put cookies in my mouth for breakfast. <laughs> and then 2 p.m. rolls around, and I'm at the mercy of a brutal, brutal blood sugar crash. Ugh, gets me every time. Or let's take the movie, for example, Dirty Dancing. We dancers were flying high. We were working hard, yes, like eight-hour rehearsal days of almost nonstop movement, but we were also dreaming big, and we were fueled by this momentum of this thing that was bigger than us. We were fueled by our imaginations and, and dreams of what the red carpet premiere would feel like. And then, sugar crash. No more movie. Not what we'd imagined. Not what we wanted. 
back to not being booked. If coronavirus has taught us anything, it is that anyone, no matter how booked you are, can become unbooked. Crushing, right? Okay, so there are a lot of ways someone can be crushed. Dana, I thought you were going to tell me how to not get crushed. No, I never said that. I said that this episode is about not getting what you want. <laughs> I do not have the answer for you. See that disappointment that you're feeling? See how you're not getting what you want right now? You really wanted an answer to this. You really wanted a solution. Okay, well, hold on to that feeling. Hold on to that disappointment because we're going to work on that. Most of our desires are sprung from how we think we'll feel with a certain thing. I want to go on tour because I think it'll feel amazing to get paid to travel the world and have thousands of people cheering for me. I want to be in movies because I think I'll feel important. I think I'll be a star. I want a glass of wine because I think I'll feel relaxed and rewarded. See, I want the thing because I think it'll make me feel a certain way. Now, what I'd like to offer you today is that all of those feelings are available to you without the accompanying criteria of the circumstance. In other words, you can feel amazing without touring the world. You can feel important without being in movies. You can feel relaxed and rewarded without a glass of wine. You can feel like a winner without going to nationals. You can feel accomplished without having a graduation ceremony. In addition to that, you can survive feeling crushed. Even furthermore, you can survive feeling crushed without buffering. Think about the last time that you went to the doctor for a shot. You usually, well, I usually, have to take a deep breath and kind of rally myself into believing that needles are okay. <laughs> and then I have a seat on that weird rubber cushion covered in weird wax paper, makes weird sounds. And then I feel a sting. And then my arm is kind of sore and sometimes it hurts a little bit to move. And then I get a Band-Aid and then it's over and I feel okay. I do not go into the doctor's office and get a shot and immediately start eating and drinking and scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> no. I breathe. I sit with this thing. I sit with the soreness. Sometimes I even move around extra in the soreness because it's kind of interesting to feel. And then I leave better than when I went in. I leave totally okay. So what if not getting what you want was like getting a shot? What if you knew that you would feel okay and even be better for this? What if you were like the parent who knows that the kid is going to be just fine without the cookie? The kid is going to be just fine without the toy. You will be just fine without this gig. You'll be just fine without the title. You'll be just fine without this job. What if? Now... It's okay to want things so bad that you can taste it. Or in a dancer's case, usually so bad that you can see it, like you can feel it. 
it's also okay to not get it. It's okay to be wrong when you imagine your future. You likely will be. Yeah, it's okay to want things. It's okay to not get them. What's not okay is stopping. In fact, the only way you can be sure that you'll never go on tour or never be in a movie or never work with so-and-so is to stop trying. So keep trying, keep working, keep not getting what you want, and watch how much you get in the end. That's all I'm saying. I'm done. (laughs) Really, that's it. I hope you dug this conversation about not booking as much as you like actually booking. (laughs) And if you do, go leave a review, go leave a rating, and I will talk to you soon. Keep it funky, y'all. Me again. Wondering if you ever noticed that one more time almost never means one more time. (laughs) Well, here on the podcast, one more thing actually means two more things. Number one thing. If you're digging the pod, if these words are moving you, please don't forget to download, subscribe, and leave a rating or review because your words move me too. Number two thing, I make more than weekly podcasts. So please visit thedanawilson.com for links to free workshops and so, so, so much more. All right, that's it now, for real. Talk to you soon. Bye.